it gives me a chance to look back at 50 years and think I might have done a few things right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to be recognized for that. Welcome to a special bonus edition of the Door County Pulse podcast. This week, we're bringing you four interviews with the honorees from the Door County Economic Development Corporation's 33rd Annual Business Awards. The awards honor entrepreneurs and families who have not only created successful businesses, but who participate in, lead, and give back to the Door County community. This year's honorees were recognized at DC EDC's May 18th luncheon and include businesses both new and long established. Today's episode features Brad Andre of Thermotronics, the winner of the Lifetime Achievement Award for his contributions to the local economy and the community. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr., writer, editor, co-owner of the Peninsula Pulse. And this week, we're doing a series of podcasts with the winners of the Door County Economic Development Corporation's annual business awards. And they give out several awards to people who are doing amazing work in the business community, amazing work in the just community at large in Door County. And today I have in the podcast with me, Michelle Laurie from Door County Economic Development Corporation. Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming up and squeezing into the podcast. We have a a third person on on the mic today, Brad Andre from Thermotronics. That's correct. Glad Brad, to be thanks here. for thanks for coming. And and Brad, you are here. You have won the organization's Lifetime Achievement Award. I think Michelle, you just told me it's the only third person to win this award. Yes. So this awards event has been going on for three decades, so thirty years, and it's a very special award to have the Lifetime Achievement Award, very high level. And so uh, it's only been awarded twice before Brad in our history. So it's very exciting. And he's very well deserving of it, as I'm sure your listeners will hear as we continue the podcast. Yeah, and I'm really um, honored and excited to have this opportunity to talk to you because I think you have one of the more interesting business stories and background that a lot of people probably don't know about. You know, the industrial park down in Sturgeon Bay, it's you guys operate in a sort of different way because you're doing this stuff that's not necessarily all local products, like so many of the businesses and so many things that are tourism related. You're doing things in our little town that go out all over the world. And it's a pretty fascinating reason why you decided to do this in Door County. So Brad, if you can take us back to, I think it was your father, Otto. That's correct. Helped found the company. Yes. And, and move it to Sturgeon Bay. Tell us what Thermotronics does and why it's located in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Well, my father and Rusty Sherman would vacation up in Door County. And uh, Rusty Sherman had a oven company in Milwaukee, oven systems. And my father was on the board of directors. He had an accounting firm. And I had worked a couple summers at oven systems in Milwaukee. And uh, they were vacationing up here and decided better to work out of Sturgeon Bay than out of... Uh, Milwaukee area. So they uh, started up Thermotronics. My father at the time was 65 years old when they started it. He and Rusty had two or three part-time employees and did mostly manufacturer's rep work. I came up here in uh, exactly 50 years ago, about two months ago, <laughs> and right out of uh, Milwaukee School of Engineering and started the ne- very next day up here. And I was living in a tent with my father for six months, and uh, we'd wash in the in the pond out, out at High Cliff, and uh, had a porta potty out there, and that was it. I mean, and it didn't make much difference because we were working 
you know, 20 hour days and uh, seven days a week. So where we stayed didn't make much, much of a difference at that point, but uh, we didn't have any money. So we did what we had to do to make ends meet. So we started out building small industrial ovens, about four foot square ovens. And uh, every time business would slow down a little bit, which was often back in those days, we would develop new products. I'd see a need out there. We'd keep our engineers busy. And at that time we had one engineer and myself. We'd keep busy by developing a new product and building it on speculation, thinking when our business picked up again, we'd have a new product. Well, it's, it turned out that it took about 40 years to be totally vertically integrated in our hmm. business. So we started out building bigger ovens, uh, industrial spray washers, and uh, then we got into conveyor systems. We got into water purification systems because many of our systems run on pure water. So we do reverse osmosis and ion exchange units. And then we get into the fact that you now put pure water into the system, but you have to waste treat the effluent coming out the back end of the system so that you don't pollute the environment mm -hmm. with it. And so we've developed a number of things because we're vertically integrated and we do the, the water pretreatment on the front end and the waste treatment on the back end, we can tailor our equipment to make best use of energy and water. A system that we have on the floor right now is probably a washer that's, it's two washers for doing UTVs for one of the big manufacturers. Mm -hmm. We've probably done a dozen large UTV and ATV lines. This one's going into Mexico, but we've done a lot of them in, in the United States and in Canada also. Bombardier and Kubota, Kawasaki, hmm. and a number of the big names are, that we've done e equipment for. But that particular washer, for example, is probably 350 feet long, probably 14 feet high, 10 feet wide on each of the two lanes, and then it goes from that washer. And the reason it's, it's so long is that I said we, we specialize because we're vertically integrated in doing a lot of uh, things like additional rinse water. If you had a dishwasher at home that's washing the parts that are coming in it, now this is this dishwasher is probably, you know, 100 feet long. But <laughs> a little different than the one but, I have. But the, the parts, the UTVs are going through on a conveyor that you go through that cleaner and if you have run, one rinse stage after that, it might be 150 gallons a minute to drain that you have to now waste treat. If you put two rinses on there and use pure water, it drops it down to 15 gallons a minute. And mm. you add a third rinse on there, it goes to one and a half gallons a minute. That now counterflows back to the heated rinse or heated cleaner stage, and you have no water to drain. So we took it from 150 gallons a minute that we had to waste treat going to drain to zero water going to drain. And we can do that on a series of stages, the phosphate stages and the seal stages and a number of things like that. And these are all things you developed in-house down in Sturgeon Bay. Yes. You know, you talk about the, the your, your father, they liked to vacation up here, and so they moved the business here. But obviously, Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin is not on rail lines. That, that's, <laughs> it's not, that's correct. It's not at the center of anything. you got to make a specific trip to Door County and a specific trip out of Door County whenever you're doing something there. So it's not 
it's not Chicago. It's not the hub that would be ideal to locate some of these kind of businesses where you're sending stuff to Mexico or all over the country. That's correct. So what... And that's, keeps, a, that's the same case about employees, too. They're coming from one direction. Right, yeah. <laughs> Mostly. You can't, you can't draw from east and west. No. So why stay in surgery? I'm sure there have been points where there probably was conversation about maybe we'd be better off somewhere else. What keeps you in Sturgeon Bay? What made you stay there? It's one thing to decide to come there, but as the company grows, like it started with a half dozen employees, but as it becomes, I believe it's like the fifth largest employer in Door County. As you get that big, it might make sense to move it somewhere else. What keeps you here? We like the area. We like the schools. I've got 15 grandchildren that are going through the school right now. And uh, so we like the area and we'd, we'd like to keep it local. The other thing that has made us successful is that we don't have high turnover in our company. Hmm. When people come to work for us, we want them to retire from our company because we've got a very technical product. It takes a long time to come up to speed, but you're also a very valued employee after you come up to speed. So we've had very low turnover over the years and that's made us very successful. And if I could add, we've certainly talked to many of Brad's employees and they echo that sentiment and that, you know, he really sets the culture of the company and makes that a place they want to stay where they really do feel like it's family. Mm. And, you know, a lot of the community contributions that Brad has done really have trickled down and expand to their staff. Their team does a lot of their philanthropic efforts for Door County and volunteer hours and things like contributing to nonprofits and things like that. That they, it, it just has really, that's one of the reasons that Brad is um, such a great winner for this Door County Lifetime Achievement Award is because he's really taken that, he exemplifies that feeling of contribution to community and treating employees like family and has really made sure that his employees take that same tact. Yeah, how do you, what is your criteria when you're looking at handing out a Lifetime Achievement Award? What do you guys look for? Sure. So a Lifetime Achievement Award, it's really looked at as someone who's been in the community 20 years or longer. So there, like I said, there'd only been two people that have won in the past. And who are those previous uh, two? Sure. It's Franz Shevchek mm-hmm. and Ellsworth Peterson. Mm. And so very great people in Door County. And we're so lucky to add Brad to that list of three. And what we look at is really the holistic picture of the person. So it's, and it is an awards committee that chooses the winner. So we receive nominations from the community. I should start there and say that when we start to do our annual event each year at about January, February, we put a call out to the community and make it very easy for them to nominate folks for awards. And so we receive information from the community for nominations for a few different awards. And what we look at for the Lifetime Achievement Award is really, is, as I said before, is holistic, is not only it's the person, not the business, but it's not only their business achievements, which are certainly important to an economic development community organization, but really what is the person's impact on the community and on Door County as a whole. And so that's one of the reasons that really Brad is such a great award winner and why there's only so few of them is because he really fits that whole picture. Their contributions to the schools, as he's discussed before, really 
really valuing our school system. And that helps us attract other people. So he talks about attracting workers to Thermotronics and to Door County, you know, that the schools are a big part of how we're able to do that. And his investment in those schools has been tremendous. Well, let's talk a little bit about that investment because over the years you've You've invested in Northeast Wisconsin Technical College. You've invested in, I think it was a, a traveling kind of engineering lab that would go to different schools just to try and expose students to the possibilities of careers. And I remember a few years ago, and sadly, it's like 10 years ago now that I was doing this story, but talking to someone at your company about that effort and the idea being, hey, if we, if we expose them that, hey, engineering is not something you just, you have to leave Door County for. You can do this thing that you're passionate about in your hometown that opened my eyes to it because I grew up here and you didn't really think of that. You thought of some of those kind of jobs as something you had to leave for. And it's a really important message for people to know that you can take on these challenging, invigorating jobs right here in in Door County. And then a couple of years ago, your company made an incredible investment to Sevastopol School, a $2 million donation to their new fab lab. And can you talk about that and what drives you to make that kind of contribution? Well, we think many students should find a career in working with their hands, and uh, you can make a very good living being a fabricator, being a welder. You need that background even in the engineering end of it. If you want to go to an engineering school, you still need the ones that are just book smart that don't have any hands-on experience don't do it very well at our company. <laughs> so we're looking for somebody that's got a, you know, that's built cars, race cars, or airplanes or who have had interest with fabricating anything. It could be anything. But the ones that just have booksmarks and don't get their hands dirty, it's very difficult to make make your way in our business. Hmm. So we think many of the kids shouldn't be going to college. They should be going to a trade school or, or into some kind of an apprenticeship program. And I never had the opportunity. I mean, I had wood class and metal shop when I was in high school, but I didn't even know it was out there. I had a blacksmith shop down the street that I built all my dune buggies and go-karts and that kind of stuff at. But without that background, without that outside of school interest, I never would have been able to be involved in this company. So it was, uh, we, we wanted to give the kids a good background on what's available out there. Now, two of the items that they put in there was the vertical uh, CNC mills. So after we did that, we went ahead and put a, a large vertical Haas mill into our own plant and a, a large CNC lathe into our plant so that they can see how this you know functions in, in the real world. Mm. And so one of our machinists is actually training at Sevastopol School until 10.30 in the morning, then he comes and works for us in the afternoon. But we have filled up those two machines and they're running all the time now. So it was not only good for attracting some of the kids that are coming out of school, but it also was very good for our business. I would encourage anybody, whether your kid's going to go to Sevastopol or not, if you get a chance to go and, and check out the facility, if you grew up and you went to schools in Door County, go into Sevastopol now, it will change your perception of what a Door County school can be. And this is a part of that. It, I was really fortunate to get a tour and really in-depth and see what those changes are. And it's it made me think back to my days at Gibraltar and change my mind about the re- referendum at Gibraltar to, to do something new. And that investment in, I think it was 12, 13 years ago, I wrote about a book called Hollowing Out the Middle. 
It was by Patrick Carr and Door County Economic Development Corporation helped bring him to Door County after we did a series of articles about it. And he talked about our, our brain drain and how we emphasize so much of our education system on the kids going to college and sending kids to college. And we've long treated everything besides that as lesser and not as attractive. And so that's why I really appreciate that investment in Sevastopol and their school because it says to all those students, you're not just valuable if you go to college. You're valuable if you stay in our community. You're valuable if you get these hands-on skills. And there are a lot of different careers, and they're not less than. And I think, I don't know if you thought about that, but when I heard that donation, when I walked through Sevastopol, that's a message that it sends to me. Yeah, I mean, there's great ways to make a living and without going to school. And you're not coming out with a big loan, and you're making more money than the guy with a four-year degree. So... It's not a hard choice to make if you know it's available. Yeah, if you can see a different path. Yep. When you talked about your staff and creating a culture where you want people to retire in your company, what does that culture look like? What are those things that you do to try and make people stick around? Because people don't, nationwide, they don't stick around in careers for the long haul the way they may have 20, 30, 40 years ago. Well, first of all, we treat them like family. And... uh, they're very, very important to us, and we have a close-knit group in our company, even though we're, what, 290 people now in our in our company. But we have picnics, and we have Christmas parties, and we do all of, a lot of different activities, bowling parties, uh, golf outings, lots of things that keep people involved. And so it's, you know, you treat them, you treat them right, and they, they want to work for you. I don't ask anybody in our company to do anything that I haven't done or wouldn't do. (laughs) I think that should say everything. I mean, that is the epitome of what this award is about. I mean, Brad has really done everything when he talked at the beginning about his humble beginnings. And he is a very humble person. I know it's hard for him to come in and talk about himself on the podcast. But, you know, that's really kind of sums up what is a Lifetime Achievement Award winner is someone who inspires others to be that type of person, someone who there isn't anything they wouldn't do for their company. And so they have the same feeling about their employees and, and want them to know they're, they're partners with their employees. I mean, I have three of my four kids that are working for the company. All three of them went to Milwaukee School of Engineering, not by choice probably initially, but that, that's not true. They actually decided <laughs> to go there. But one's biomedical engineering, and she runs my daughter. Amy runs our computer. She has probably six or seven people that work in her department because we have 150 computers probably online. <laughs> and so she runs that department, and Chad and Brad are both mechanical engineers, and one's VP of sales and one's uh, VP of special projects, which is really a catch-all in our company that gets the brunt of most of the good or bad things that are happening at any one time. (laughs) Anything that didn't fit in somebody else's silo, it's like, yep, you got that one. And training new project engineers and that type of thing. So we have, our engineering department has got 90 people in it. So we've, it's a highly engineered product. And uh, we've been doing a lot of work on automation because what we want to do is try to make our, our employees successful in producing a product and being competitive in the industry. Because you have to be competitive worldwide right now yeah. So we, we see, we put most most of our stuff into North America, Mexico, Canada, U.S. But we do work overseas also, Ireland and all over the place. So, you know, I, one of the interesting things about that is how do you, how do you make it continue to work in Sturgeon Bay? And I, one of those things is 
you guys have a, a hangar at Cherryland Airport. Like you have to, yes. If you, when you're trying to sell and deliver product to people in such a, a wide market, we have three aircraft and we have three full time pilots, and we install our equipment. So we fly our crews. In the past, they were going commercial and and they'd be home for a weekend, but it, most of that was traveling to and from the job site. So now we we pick them up on a Thursday or Friday, and they're they're home in two or three hours. Hmm. with our own aircraft and you don't have to wait in line or anything like that. And, uh, they get home and then they, we fly out again on Monday. So they might fly out at six thirty in the morning on Monday or Tuesday. And, uh, so we normally are, are doing two or three, four jobs in the field at a time. Hmm. So we stagger the crews on different, we normally work through one weekend. So we work two weeks in one weekend at the job sites and then we stagger our aircraft so that we're doing many jobs at the same time. You've been in business now for more than half a century. In that time, any business has ups and downs, but were there any scary times? Were there times where you had doubts about the future of your company? I can vividly remember having to get it in a checkout line and having to put food back on the shelves because I couldn't afford the checkout. And this is in the early days and things were really tough. My wife had an inheritance from a relative that died of $10,000. So my father comes to me one day, he says, how would you like to invest $10,000 in the company? Buy some stock. I said, I don't know about that. I'll, I'll go talk to my wife, see if she wants to do that. So I asked my wife, do you want to invest $10,000 in the company? And she, I harassed her into finally doing that. I gave the check to my father and he laughed at me. He says, that's the worst investment you ever made. <laughs> he says, we would have been out of business tomorrow if you hadn't given that to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yes, there were some tough times. <laughs> but you know, what What an example for other people in Door County that want to start a business or want to help their parents continue a business. And, you know, they think that those days where it just can't get any worse than this, you know, and I, I'm just going to give up. And they don't because you've got to put the next step forward and what a great example Brad and his family is or are of that. <laughs> yeah, those those days when you're when you're not sure if your business is going to survive, those can feel pretty empty and lonely. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> what does it mean to you to get an honor like this? I know Thermotronics has been a recipient of awards in the past for other reasons, but for you personally to get this Lifetime Achievement Award, how does it make you feel? What do you think about it? Well, it's uh, it gives me a chance to look back at 50 years and think I might have done a few things right over the years. <laughs> so I like it. I'm not really big on receiving awards. So We had to push him into it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to be recognized for that. You know, one of the other things I wanted to highlight that Brad and Thermotronics does with our community is they've got a very diverse field of, as he was describing, of things that Thermotronics does. I mean, first and foremost is manufacturing um, related materials and um, processes. However, there are marketing jobs, there are IT jobs, there are so many, and they've been wonderful to have our youth apprentice members of our, our students come in and they've taken the time, which a lot of employers don't have the time to work with youth apprenticeships mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's time it's consuming. Yeah. It's commitment. And I think you have about five there right now. I mean, you so yeah. many. Yeah. I think we'll have eight or 10 this year. I mean, we've got quite a few. 
And it's that commitment to community, and they're changing those students' lives and saying, you can do this here, and whether they continue there, get hired there, go on to do something else, that's, gonna, that, that's going to imprint what they do in the future. Yeah, we like to have kids that grew up in the area come back to the area. We do ha- hire some people from out of state, out of, out of the area, but a lot of them are from, from the area. I think um, somebody at your company once told me that you look at it as a, lo- a long tail kind of recruitment effort because if you can plant that seed when they're young, they go off to college, they go do their thing elsewhere, maybe in their late 20s, maybe in their mid 30s, now they want to have a family and now they start thinking about home and they want to get back to Door County and they they remember that there's this place that they might be able to find a home for their career. Well, all three of my kids said that they never worked for me and that they went off and they went somewhere else and then they found, you know, for example, Bradley worked at, at a large manufacturer in Oshkosh and, uh, you know, worked two or three years as an engineer on one trailer hitch. Well, that's, <laughs> that's pretty damn boring as far as I'm concerned. But so he, he came back and Chad worked for a diaper manufacturer, one of the big diaper manufacturers, was putting diaper machines in worldwide. And uh, he came back and Amy was working somewhere else and ended up coming in the same place, actually, and came back to work for us. And so I've been... All three of them are very, very effective at what they do and are a big, big lift for our company. Does it give you any special satisfaction to know that this, the company you took over from your dad, that your kids, a third generation, is still there and still wants to be there? Yes. It's, uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see which of the, if, if any of the 15 grandchildren want to come back. We've, I've got one that's graduated now that is not coming back, she says. But her husband is an engineer also, and they were, she's moving back to where he is from mm. in the center of the state. So she's not going to be working for us, but, uh, or at least L- that's least what she yet. says now. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know which ones or if any of them will be coming back. <laughs> Michelle, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I just wanted to add, you know, it's interesting that really this nomination and this award it means so many things to the community and it's all of the things we talked about today, investing in youth, in the workforce. You know, as an economic developer, really Thermotronics is everything we hope for as an economic developer in Door County because it's a homegrown company that's grown outside of Door County but continues to call Door County home and continues to invest in Door County in its processes but also in its people. And I think that that's the story we like to tell when there's another business that's saying, hey, well, what, do you, what do you think about Door County? Could I be successful there? And we say, absolutely, look at, look at Thermotronics. Hmm. Successful and obviously very happy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great place to raise your kids and, and grandkids. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast, but more importantly, thank you for your commitment to your company and to this community and particularly for those investments of our, in our local schools that'll pay off for a lot of people for a lot of years to come. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. 